This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. And it's important that I say the words UK time today because, of course, the clocks have gone back in the UK. For those of you that aren't experiencing daylight savings, this show will, of course, therefore be an hour later than it is usually. So set your alarms, change your tweak, your calendars and all of that and, uh, and everything to get up for the shows because now the 8am show becomes slightly later for some people in the world. But if you are watching from here in the UK until any other changes to the times, which doesn't until next year, this will be the usual time, 8am as always, but different. It's weird, it's strange, but uh, it's what happens. I don't know why particularly, uh, why I suppose it's... Uh, I'm not even going to theorise. I don't know the reason behind daylight saving. I'm going to pretend to be some historian that knows the reason why we have it. I'm sure someone will leave a comment in the comment section below telling me exactly why. Um, but yes, this is now when our show will be situated, as usual, at eight for us, but slightly later elsewhere in the world. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're well. Everybody joining us in the chat box this morning. Uh, good morning to Black Shine, to Jose, to Viraj. Good morning to Temi and Mr. Arsenal and Lynn. Uh, speaking of Mr. Arsenal, massive props to Tony. <laughs> Tony Adams yesterday smashed it on Strictly Come Dancing. If you're not already voting for the Mr. Arsenal, you need to make sure that you are indeed doing that. He needs your votes. We need to get this man to the final. I'm not a big Strictly Come Dancer watcher, but I tell you what. He's got me watching. He's got me watching because he has been hilariously brilliant in the series so far. Uh, good morning to Paul. Good morning to Matt G. Good morning uh, to Ronald and Stevie. Uh, good morning to Gustavo and Runs With Cows. Hope you're all having a fantastic week so far. Thank you so much for tuning in and continuing to make this part of your morning routine. It is indeed match day. Uh, I'll be at the game later on today at the Emirates covering my first home Premier League game. Nice, another step in the career uh, to be very, very excited about. And should be a Mikel Arteta's press conference as well after the game. 
Uh, interested to see how today's game goes in particular. If you are interested, you can watch our preview more about that in a second. But do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe if you're new. And of course, get involved with the latest competition. Uh, you can get involved by going over to Football Prizes. That was the early bird price on the screen. The current price for a ticket is 645 There have been so far 40 tickets sold. So you've got a great chance of winning this competition if you do get involved at the moment. Some really fantastic opportunities to sign, or rather to win a signed Martin Odegaard and Emil Smith-Rowe uh, shirt that's framed as well. So uh, certainly worth getting involved in. Make sure you check it out in the link in the description. Uh, you can check out also our Forest preview, uh, which we recorded yesterday morning. We did this instead of the usual 8am show because news was pretty thin on the ground. And I didn't want to just kind of just, you know, blare out a load of not really that big news to talk about on one day. So we instead changed it to the Arsenal news uh, or rather Arsenal preview show uh, with myself and Mike. And we had a good chat about the game today. So make sure you go and check out that preview if you haven't already done so. It's the last upload on the channel. Speaking of which, I have noticed that YouTube have changed their app and I don't like what they've done. So for content creators that produce live content like me, it's changed the the kind of the format. So when you click on the, like if you go onto the Guna Talk on YouTube, for some reason, when you click on videos, it shows you all the uploads. You then have to go along two little tabs to the word live. That then shows you all of our live shows. I preferred it when they just had everything in one place. You can just do it on the main homepage because I have an upload tab at the top of my playlist section on the homepage. So you can see all of our latest uploads there. Because we don't produce many uploaded videos, 99% of our videos are all live. It makes it worse like in terms of organization on the channel. I'm sure it really fits other people's. But for some reason, it doesn't fit ours. So just be aware of the YouTube app has changed ever so slightly. Uh, and for some reason, it's it's put live section videos in its whole new separate section, which I just don't like, to be honest. Anyway, Arsenal's under-18s. Jack Wilshere's side lost, uh, unfortunately, to Aston Villa 3-1. Uh, away from home. Disappointing performance. Of course, a lot of the under-18s are starting to now push their way into the under-21s, and that is leaving Jack with a much less competitive squads, unfortunately. It's just the way things go. It's the, the kind of a challenge of a youth coach, if you like, to have to deal with these challenges. But Arsenal lost at Aston Villa. Arsenal's under-21s play on Monday, and we'll bring you the update on that game as soon as we get it. Uh, Brooke Norton Cuffey uh, was dropped uh, by Rotherham as they lost. He did come off the bench in the second half, but there's been a frustrating period, I think, for Brooke Norton Cuffey because, of course, Rotherham have gone through this managerial change. They were playing with wing-backs with Cohen Bramall, a former Arsenal player as well, of course, on the left wing-back position, and Brooke Norton Cuffey was the right wing-back. Under the new coach, they've now changed to a back four, and Brooke Norton Cuffey is not getting as many opportunities. Um, or Rather, he was dropped in the last game. It's not, I think that's probably over-egging it a bit, not getting as many opportunities, but he was dropped. Uh, they did lose, so, I mean, without him, they didn't particularly threaten, I guess. So, if he is brought back into the team, hopefully he can again prove his worth. But that's a frustration when a manager changes during a season where you're on loan because, obviously, the previous manager, the one that brought you in, and you're not going to get the same kind of, I suppose, support from a new manager coming in as well as the one that was already there that brought you. So who knows? Maybe something will change in January if things do worsen for Brooke Norton Cuffey's position in the Rotherham side. Charlie Patino, however, was involved once again as Blackpool beats. Um, they're away at Coventry. They won 2-1. He wasn't on the score sheet and neither did he get assists, but he was once again a strong competitor on the field. Goals from Gary Medine and Jerry Yates took home the points for Blackpool. 
uh, there's a brilliant video going around online uh, of a girl in the street saying, do you know who Charlie Patino is? I saw that pop up on my timeline earlier on. So, yeah, I love in the fact that Charlie Patino is adored by those Blackpool fans, absolutely adored by them, um, and he's doing brilliantly well there. So keep him there. Let's keep keeping track of what's going on there. Of course, we did our uh, our loan report, our loan watch show, if you want to get involved with updating yourself on all 23 Arsenal loanies. We covered all of them in our loan show as well. Uh, Austin Trusty scored on Friday night. Of course, we could have talked about this if we did a news show yesterday, but we didn't. Um, we were doing it today. So we did the news show, or rather, uh, we watched Trusty score his goal on Friday as Birmingham beat QPR, high-flying QPR, currently third in the table. They beat them 2-0. Uh, that's Austin Trusty's third goal of the season. Certainly interesting to know what Mikel Arteta's thoughts are around uh, Trusty and what he's doing and whether or not he has a place potentially in the squad for next season. Potentially something that it'd be intriguing to get an answer from from the Arsenal manager. Now, moving on to yesterday's Premier League results. Uh, Graham Potter's Chelsea lost to his former side Brighton in quite spectacular fashion. Uh, some brilliant play from Brighton. We obviously played Brighton twice still before the year is over. We played them in a couple of weeks' time in the Carabao Cup. Uh, of which I expect Arsenal to play a pretty rotated squad, even though we're at home. Uh, I don't see us putting too much kind of emphasis on that Carabao Cup. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Whereas I do see Brighton putting a lot more um, emphasis on that competition. And then, of course, we play Brighton on New Year's Eve, which is going to be a frustrating game because it's been moved to 5.30. I think it is now the kickoff. So I'm going to have to drive down to Brighton, watch the game, do the work and drive back before midnight, which is a challenge because it takes about two and a bit hours to get there and back, uh, rather there, and then another two and a half hours or so back. So hopefully I can get back to see the family before New Year's Eve runs out. But uh, yeah, that's that's a pain for fans. But Chelsea losing, certainly not a pain for fans. Hopefully that continues. Apparently that's Graham Potter's first loss as Chelsea manager, which with the way they've been playing, I wouldn't have said that that would have been the case. I'm surprised he's only lost one game because they haven't been playing particularly great. So, yeah, great news for Arsenal. Uh, other great news, Liverpool lost as well to Leeds uh, and in which a game Darwin Nunez. I mean, goodness me, this guy cannot score at the moment, cannot score at all, was given countless opportunities in great positions to try and give Liverpool uh, a goal, couldn't take them. And uh, Somerville, obviously the guy that missed that sitter at the end of the Arsenal game when we went to Leeds a couple of weeks ago, Managed to get a great finish. He, of course, skied that shot when he played against Arsenal. But a great finish in the 89th minute to hand Leeds all three points and confine Liverpool to a significantly poorer place uh, in the context of the Premier League so far this season. I mean, you look at the table now. Liverpool sit, I think, ninth they are on 16 points. Arsenal can go as many as we're looking, we're looking up to 31. 15 points clear of Liverpool. We could go with a win against Forest a little bit later on today. Uh, Spurs came back to beat Bournemouth. Next story. Uh, El Nenny returns to training. Uh, a really strong news uh, for Arsenal regarding El Nenny. Uh, it was expected that he would be back in contention potentially in January, but to see him training now is good. Now, how likely it is he would be involved in any games before the World Cup we would need to get some more clarification from Mikel Arteta on that. However, the fact that he is training with the first team again, he's outside, he's getting involved in different activities, the potential for him to be back for the games before January. So the games against uh, Brighton and West Ham on Boxing Day and on uh, New Year's Eve, 
great potential for him to be there for us if we need him. Uh, potentially, who knows, could be back for that Brighton game in the Cup. That would be great to see him be available for that. And then maybe you can use Lukonga in a more advanced role. I think that Elneny's absence has affected Lukonga more than anyone because I think Lukonga would have basically been playing in those Europa League games where Xhaka currently plays and we'd be able to see Lukonga play more in a more natural role. Unfortunately, we've not been able to do that because Elneny's been injured and Lukonga's had to cover in that deep midfield position. Elneny coming back, great to see. Uh, he wasn't, of course, the only Arsenal player to train with the Arsenal first team. Marquinhos has returned as well. He was uh, ill and so missed the game against PSV. But plenty of youth players as well, Foreign or Walters, uh, Koja Dubry, Catalin Kurjan, Matt Smith, all of those guys trained as well with the Arsenal first team ahead of today's game against Nottingham Forest. So some really good news on the injury front. Hopefully we can get some similar news regarding Emil Smith-Rowe very soon and Zinchenko, of course. Now, Mikel Arteta's embargoed quotes from Thursday night's game against PSV have been released ahead of the Nottingham Forest game. So these quotes, despite them releasing late last night, were actually spoken after the game against PSV and held back um, for the, to be the basic the pre uh Nottingham Forest uh, kind of quotes, if you like. Anyway, he wasn't really, he didn't talk about particularly loads regarding uh, fitness. In fact, he didn't really talk about anything regarding fitness because there was no updates from the PSV game. So we don't have any specific team news, which is frustrating. What he was asked, rather interesting, it was kind of about whether or not he regretted the, uh, you know, the outburst he had against Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup. He was asked whether or not he regretted that um, th- that situation. Uh, he says, when you don't play at your level, any team can beat you. Uh, you have seen another example with PSV. When you don't do certain basics the right way, you get yourself into positions where the game is very dangerous. That day in particular, especially in the first half, it was all of that. And we didn't cover ourselves in glory, you know, last, not I say last year, it was actually this year, back in January, that we played Forest and were beaten by them in the FA Cup. We played awfully in that game. If we repeat the performance of Thursday night, today, you can absolutely see Arsenal dropping points. We need to make sure that we step up, show what we're capable of doing, and hopefully claim all three points against Forest a little bit later on today. Uh, that completes all of today's stories. I want to get a couple of bits of reaction from you guys in the chat box as well. Paul says, Saturday Night Football, not great if you're a fan of attending the game. Factor in the travel time. It's not great for fans unless you're watching on TV. But if you're abroad, you can't watch or go to any of the games. And sometimes it's very, very difficult, of course, to even watch those, especially if you're from the UK and you're traveling abroad. However, I've got a great solution for you because NordVPN is a fantastic VPN service that will enable you to watch your typical broadcasting app despite potentially being abroad. You can change your geolocation on your device, be it a smartphone, a laptop or a tablet. And all that does is it changes basically the location of where your laptop or your iPad or whatever your iPhone thinks of where it is. And then you can watch your normal broadcasting app very, very comfortably indeed. And NordVPN, of course, have sponsored the Guna Tool. Only for a few more days, you have to put up with this smooth segueing that I've managed to adopt into the show. And I'm sure you've been enjoying these so much more um, as the weeks have gone on. But uh, only a few more days. So do get involved. Do help support the channel. Uh, just go to nordvpn.com slash guna. You can get four months free of NordVPN's secure and safe service to help you protect yourself online. Uh, a massive discount is available on top of that too. And if you aren't happy with it, you can have your money back with a 30-day money-back guarantee. All the details are in the link in the description. So make sure you go out and you stay safe. We'll tackle your questions and more in part two after this. 
Okay, let's uh, let's jump into the chat and see what questions we've got. Uh, Mad Miaz says, how many managers have been sacked now? Or oh, in the Premier League, how many have been sacked? We've got Steven Gerrard's gone. Um, who else has gone in the Premier League so far? I mean, Brendan Rodgers still there. Uh, Bruno Large has gone. Um, looking up the table, looking up the table. Bournemouth manager Scott Parker went very early as well. Is it three? I think potentially three have gone. I can't see anyone else whose managers have gone between now and then. Oh, Thomas Tuchel, of course, four have gone uh, throughout the course of the start of the season. Steve, Steve Cooper has certainly not been sacked. He is still there. Uh, and there was rumours that he might get sacked, but then they actually gave him a brand new contract. So there you go. Four managers so far have been sacked from Premier League teams. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, if a manager abuses the officials and they get a red card, why are some sent to the stands and like Klopp got away with it and had been uh, had it been a player, he would have had a three-match ban. It's a great point. Wasn't Klopp sent off in Liverpool's last game? Am I am I tripping? <laughs> Did you see that brilliant troll tweet about uh, Christian Pulisic yesterday and Graham Potter? I mean, it's frustrating. It's funny, and I get the comedy of it. It's frustrating for a journalist point of view because you know your name's being tagged alongside it, and unfortunately used to to spread around misinformation. But I can't lie. It was quite a funny tweet. <laughs> it's quite a funny tweet indeed. Anyway, Liverpool, their last game was against um, Forrest, wasn't it? Was he sent off against Forrest? Was he sent off against someone else? I'm sure he was sent off against someone. And for some reason, he's back. So there you go. I don't know. I don't know why Linny's been able to get away with it. But I, I know he definitely got a red card. Uh, Klopp definitely got a red card as well. Uh, Klopp was sent off against City on the touchline, uh, but was on the touchline for the next game. There you go. I really don't get it. Uh, he says, uh, Paul says he only received a £20,000 fine and the ban was rescinded. Uh, of course it was. Uh, Mark Bakradan says, who is in your back four today, Tom? Mark, I can tell you who's in my back four, but what you're going to need to do is after you've watched this show, hop over to our preview show and all the information is there. So there you go. Uh, Mark says, maybe Tom should pay us to put up comments on watching matches abroad. <laughs> now start employing the viewers to start bigging up our sponsors. That's what's going to be happening instead. Uh, Neo says, if only our players could be ruthless as teams drop points. This is our year, I think you meant to say. Go on, you Gooners. Absolutely, Neo. Look, if Arsenal are in a position where they can take points and then, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Capitalise on the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool dropping points, then great. Uh, Manchester United, of course, play West Ham today as well. Man City, you'd have to say, are very, I think, fortunate. They're without Haaland, only scored from a set piece. If Haaland is out for an extended period of time, I'd be intrigued to see how City do over an extended period. Very intrigued indeed. Uh, Mohammed says, hi, Tom. Some teams are very tough to face, and I'm really worried. Newcastle, they're flying. Brighton as well, West Ham. So it's better to face them later when we are ready and maybe add some players. Yeah, I mean, January's not looking particularly great in terms of fixtures for Arsenal. Uh, of course, we go away to Brighton on New Year's Eve, uh, which is a very difficult game to play anyway. We then play Newcastle on the 3rd of January at home at 8pm. We then play Spurs away from home on the Saturday the 14th, which is, you know, a week later, but I think there's an FA Cup game in between those two. And then we've got Manchester United on the 21st of January as well. I think there's a potentially a Carabao Cup next round game in January as well, if you are to progress into the next round of competition. So January, despite there only being three games there at the moment, could, will become four because of the FA Cup and could potentially become five with the Carabao Cup as well. So Things could significantly change in the coming weeks. We'll have to wait and see. And of course, then you've got all the fallout from the World Cup and how that's going to affect us. 
we'll have to wait and see if hopefully we can deal with all of the pressure. But if you consider the fact we've never had as many games as we've had in a month as we have in October, we're coming to the end of this now. This is our last game that we've got in October. It might be that we're able to go undefeated in the Premier League, winning every game bar the one we drew against Southampton. And if you'd have said from the games against Tottenham, Liverpool, Leeds away, Southampton away and Forest that you'd take four of five wins with the other being a draw, I think we'd all turn around and say that absolutely we would have taken that. So that's the benefit that we've got at the moment. Uh, Benjamin says, Tom, are you worried that by making Odegaard captain, he is now undroppable, similar to when Aubameyang was captain and when he was out of form, we still had to play him? No, because I don't think Odegaard's out of form. I think Odegaard has been brilliant. There's always kind of this, I don't know what it is about Odegaard but, and some sections of the fan base, but there's always kind of this narrative to try and highlight bad things about Odegaard. Let me tell you, Odegaard is absolutely imperative to the way that Arsenal play. Absolutely imperative. On the captain side of things, I think he does well. He takes team talks. You know, he's vocal in the dressing room. He's vocal on the field as well. And the thing is that Xhaka's presence as well, Xhaka's kind of the unofficial captain of the side. Despite not having the armband, he is still thought of very much as the main leader of the group. But Odegaard's been great. And I don't need to be worried about him being, quote, undroppable. Because for me, he is undroppable anyway because of how good he is. I'm not swapping him out for Vieira. I'm not swapping him out for Smith-Rowe when he comes back. I'm not bringing anyone in to improve upon him. He's great. And I love what he's bringing to the team. And I think he's been absolutely unstoppable for us and key to the reason why we're top of both the Premier League and our Europa League group. Uh, let's scroll up a little bit more. John says, do you think that Trossard could be a realistic signing in January due to his contract situation? Absolutely, potentially could be. The issue with Trossard is the age profile because he's in his late 20s now. Anything that you invest into him, be it a transfer fee in January or high wages in the summer because of him being a free transfer, you're not going to see necessarily a return on that investment. But in terms of depth, I think that Trossard could offer plenty to Arsenal, especially if, you know, Martinelli's not particularly on form. You can play him there. He could even play at Cam. He could potentially play a false nine row if you wanted him to. I think on a free move, it's like when Liverpool brought in the Shakiris of this world added that depth, added someone else to come into the team and still offer some quality when they needed it. So I think, yeah, Trossard is not a bad option at all. However, I would be looking for Arsenal to prioritise a younger, better investment of significant quality that can play across the front three. Uh, Afsar says, Odegaard doesn't score enough goals. What I say to this every time this argument is brought up is go and have a look at his goal contributions in comparison to Bernardo Silva playing in a Manchester City team last season. Goals are far too focused on for Odegaard. Could his shooting be better? Yes. Could he score more goals? Yes. Is he falling below the top players in the league that play what style he plays? No. Categorically, no. And as I say, go compare his numbers to Bernardo Silva and you'll understand exactly what I'm saying. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, with our players uh, going to the World Cup, the teams they are playing for are not going to win the World Cup. So would you rather have them here at the club to help us after Christmas? I like players going away for their cup competitions. Yes, there's always the risk of injury. But from my perspective, I think a six-month break can actually have a psychologically difficult impact on some players. Who knows how they're going to react after that many weeks of not playing intense matches every three, four days. It could be a real problem because then there's the kind of dip and then that quick rise again as the Premier League gets back underway. However, there's also the added promise of, of morale. You know, you think about the boost of being selected for your country. Martinelli's a big one. I really hope that Martinelli gets involved with the team. I think that's going to be absolutely key. 
Uh, Oribi says, Tom, thoughts on Jonathan David as competition for Jesus? Would be a fantastic signing to bring in as competition for Jesus, without a doubt, but would be very expensive. And then you've got a question, would he want to come to Arsenal knowing that he's not necessarily going to start every game? I think there's always going to be that kind of discussion going on as well. Uh, Lenny says, Odegaard is unpopular with summer fans because they were disappointed that we didn't sign James Madison. If he starts scoring goals, those fans might change their minds. Again, the expectation around Odegaard's goal-scoring numbers, I still think is widely far from what the reality of a player like Odegaard brings to the team. People focus so much on raw goal and assist stats. And the thing is that Odegaard could have easily had three assists against Southampton had Jesus and Nketiah had their shooting boots on. He creates so many good opportunities in games for us and is so forceful in pushing the narrative of creation for us that when those chances go begging and they aren't taken, he suffers because then doesn't get the raw stats that so many people use to judge a player. That's the frustration for me. So he could have so many more goal contributions. Unfortunately, because of the style of play that he has, he has to rely on the finishing of those around him. And that always that doesn't always happen, which is a shame because he deserves plenty more goal contributions to his, his record. Absolutely. But shooting-wise, could be better. Absolutely. I'm not going to say that he's perfect with his shooting or he's scoring the perfect amount of goals. I think he absolutely needs to be better and refine his shooting even more. Uh, Manoush says, I don't understand how people can't see how good Trossard is. It's baffling. The guy scores goals, technically great, and runs socks off for the, his team. I'd, yeah, I mean, I, if if someone was dismissive of the idea of signing Trossard as a backup or a competitive option, I don't. I think you know, backup isn't necessarily even fair to call Trossard that. I think he would be a competitive option for a wide position. I couldn't really think of a strong argument against the idea of signing him on a free. I really can't. Uh, Benjamin, in response to the Odegaard says, says, Tom, I understand your opinion on Odegaard, but every week we are seeing cams like Mount, Madison, De Bruyne winning games for their teams. Now, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Mason Mount plays in one of more of a wide playmaker role for Chelsea. I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure that he plays in one of the front three positions for Chelsea rather than playing a, a right-sided number eight position for Chelsea. I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that Mason Mount plays that role plenty uh, for Chelsea rather than playing kind of a, a wide right eight role that Erdegaard does. De Bruyne is like De Bruyne is just, you know, he got what did he come third in the Ballon d'Or this year or second in the Ballon d'Or? You, I, I think comparing Erdegaard to Kevin De Bruyne is not exactly fair. The player that you look to in James Madison is the player that you look to in terms of. Um, the goal-scoring positions from a slightly deeper midfield role. He is the 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 comparison player that you can look to. De Bruyne, you just can't. Mason Mount plays in a very different role for Chelsea than Odegaard does and plays further forward and is serviced rather than being the servicer, if you know what I mean. But Madison scores goals. But there is a question mark around the fact that he plays, of course, in a Leicester team where he is the star. In the same case as you look at Wilfred Zaha playing for Crystal Palace, do those players shine? Do those players score that many goals and get that many assists because they are the key focal point of that team and are head and shoulders above the rest of that side? That's the question you've got to ask. Hence why I use the Bernardo Silva example because he's playing in a Manchester City team just filled with quality, even though he is a world-class quality player. And yet Odegaard's putting in very similar numbers to Bernardo Silva. So I do kind of think that that's the argument as to why Odegaard's levels are sometimes underrated by so many fans. Because comparatively, 
He's not Kevin De Bruyne because Kevin De Bruyne is just, uh, you know, he's just on a different plane. He's just that. He's that. He's not in the world class bracket. He's in the absolute top echelons, elite bracket of players. And Arsenal don't have one of them, unfortunately. We wish we did, and hopefully one day we might. But James Madison's not in that level, you know. Even Mason Mount, the other example, is not in that level either. And these are the players like Mason Mount, etc., play in a very, very different position and role to what Erdegaard does too. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a great example from Matt G. Grealish going to Man City. Look at someone who got oodles of goals and assists with Aston Villa, moves to Man City, and the numbers just drop and drop and drop. So you've got to consider that too. Now, happens to point to Erdegaard has three goals and two assists, and Mason Mount has just two goals and two assists. So there you go. It does, I think, show you what a player like Erdegaard brings and the fact that maybe we are expecting in terms of goals a irrational number from him across the season, even though I think he could score potentially more. Um, Billy says, now that El Elneny is fit again, do we need to sign another six or should we go for an eight in January? Uh, and also, what do you think of Locatelli if he is available? I don't. I still don't see Locatelli leaving Juventus. I can't see it, but I like him. I think he'd be great competition for Partey. If El Elneny is fit again, we need to sign, in my opinion, a six that can play eight because El Elneny isn't going to be here forever and we do need to improve on El Elneny. There's no doubt in my mind we need to find a better player than El Elneny. That is obvious. But the fact that he could be fit again very soon, he's not fit quite yet, but he could be fit again very soon, is certainly going to add the depth that we need and I think also hopefully help Lekonga play in a more natural, advanced midfield role when we need to play him. Um Dilip says, how much advantage does Arsenal being one of the few to play intense friendlies get in at least two to three matches while others wouldn't have played at that level for weeks? I mean, momentum wise. Um, intense friendlies. Are you, are you, is that what we're describing the Europa League games as intense friendlies? I think the last season, if, you're, if, if that is what you're asking, because otherwise I don't really get it. Europa League is offering Arsenal the opportunity for rotation. It's offering Arsenal the opportunity to keep momentum going in some ways, yes. But it is also a fitness distraction. It is also a travel issue. It is also a training canceller because it gets rid of training sessions in the week when you can then go up against sides like Nottingham Forest that have not played in midweek, that are going to be fully rested. You know, that does create a problem. So momentum-wise, the Europa League can help if that is what you're talking about but it does have its drawbacks. I think there is a balance between the two. So there you go. Um, there was another question about Odegaard as well that I wanted to tackle because it was a point. Here we go. Manoush says, I love Odegaard, but there are games he goes missing. I'm not sure he can work, to, uh, I'm, but I'm not sure. I'm sure he can work to improve that. Sorry. He is young. Now the whole goes missing thing, I think people need to change the narrative of this. We need to change the narrative of the words goes missing to is marked out of the game teams will look at what the most creative asset what the most um what's the word i'm looking for the biggest protagonist sometimes is a good way of putting it in a team and they will look to mark that player out of the game and sometimes teams target martin Odegaard because teams know if you stop martin Odegaard from doing what he's best at it stops significant amount of service to the front three and so often what happens is there's this misconception that Odegaard's going missing, but actually what's happening is other teams are pressurising him and putting more blockades and obstacles in front of him to stop him what he's capable of doing. Now, when that happens, that's when I feel as though the fullback situation doesn't necessarily give us enough. 
in those games that Erdegaard is marked out or dealt with really well and we don't have a Zinchenko or White isn't doing enough going forwards, that's where we struggle. Like you look at, I don't know, a Manchester City team that's able to get their fullbacks further up the pitch like Cancelo, etc., and help the attack. If a team is able to, which is a very difficult task of marking Kevin De Bruyne out of the game, they've got these players in those wide positions that can help. They've got um, Bernardo Silva, of course, in the midfield. They've got Ilkay Gundogan who can help. Now, the thing about this season is that we've had Granit Xhaka in the team. Now, Granit Xhaka has been doing a very different role to what he's done before. And so him moving forwards and scoring goals and getting assists, potentially in some games where you think that Erdogan necessarily didn't have his best fixture, that's because we're able to up the levels of kind of the players around Erdogan. So I do think, and I'm not, you know, I'm not digging you out, Manush, in any way. I'm just kind of responding to this point. And I think there's a misconception about when Erdogan, quote, goes missing. I think it's more so that teams mark him out of the game or move him out of the game or restrict him from what he can do. But when that happens... We need to make sure that everyone else around Odegaard is flourishing because it means there should be spaces opening up for those other players to improve, to get better uh, and, and to play their game. So I hope that makes sense. I hope I've explained that as well as I could do. Uh, Lynn says, the good example, Tom, is when Tommy had Saka in his pocket, thus what happens with Martin. I think that the, the, the Salah point of view and Tommy Asu is another case study in itself because... I think Tommy Asu played fantastically against Liverpool. I think that he had a trickier game against Leeds, but improved when he went to the right-hand side. And then I thought he was quite poor against PSV. Uh, and, and Southampton, I also think that when we moved into the right-hand side, it improved again. The thing about Tommy Asu is tactically, it's a good decision to do that. You know, if we go up against a team that have got a great right inverted winger, then let's push on Tommy Asu to that side. When we go up and play Kulisevsky, I would be happy playing Tommy Asu. When we go to Spurs, I'd be happy playing Tommy Asu and White in the back four. I think that's a fine option to do that for that game. If we go to Manchester City, I'd be happy to play Tommy Asu there once again. So I think one-on-one -on -one defending is a massive, massive part of his game. But when we're at home to Nottingham Forest, I want to see us using Tierney. I want to see us using and going and dominating the games. Now, if we've got Zinchenko... I think that's a really great option for us. But when we don't have Zinchenko, we have a bit of a problem because Tini isn't a Mikel Arteta player. He's not being able to do the things that Arteta wants from a left-sided fullback. And that's why when we subbed off Ben White against Southampton, we moved Tommy Asu to the right-hand side because we had to balance things again. Tommy Asu balances things on either side, but it's difficult to play with both um, Tini and White, I guess, Arteta feels, because it will leave us too open, which is a shame because I think it can work. When will Zinchenko be back, says Madmiaz? The answer is in the ether. We don't know, is the honest answer. We don't know when Zinchenko is going to be back. Hopefully it's soon, but there's no guarantees. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I'm going to shoot because I'll get ready to head off to the Emirates for this afternoon's game. It's going to be a fantastic occasion, fingers crossed. And fingers crossed we can bring home the points. Uh, there is plenty for us to do, plenty of dominating performances. We need to try and show that we can then give that confidence build up that momentum, and we'll move forward from there. Uh, do drop a like on the video. Do go watch the preview show that I did with Mike yesterday morning if you haven't done so already. Thank you to everybody that's tuned in. Thank you for making sure that you've got your clocks set the right way around. Now, of course, with them going back here in the UK an hour, this, of course, will be the usual time for the 8 a.m. show because just always, if you are watching from abroad, just check what time it is in the UK and retweak your alarms if you do tune in for the morning shows for that. 
Um, but thank you so much, everybody that's tuned in. Thank you for everybody that's dropping likes on the video and subscribing. We are less, I think, than 130 odd subs away from hitting 40,000. So if you aren't subscribed, if you haven't checked if you're subscribed, or if you're listening on uh, audio platforms, just jump over to YouTube and do us a favor and, and subscribe. It really, really does help us out. Anyway, I look forward to seeing some of you potentially at the ground. I'm hopefully going to be at the Tonnington for a little bit to see some friends beforehand. And then it's off to the press box. So have a fantastic day. Fingers crossed we bring home the win. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.